Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. And I'm Jen Slumack. Yay, Jen's back. Back in With black because she's Kathy got a black Barrett. tank top on. I do, but you have a cooler shirt than I have on. Right, my gay what? shirt. Yeah, you've got some, your shirt is so gay. <laughs> oh my God, Kathy, your shirt is so gay. That's right, because I'm the rainbow sheep of the family. That's what my shirt says, and it has a rainbow sheep. I didn't even know there were rainbow sheep. And that's like a photograph. And now you know. I know. You're ahead of the curve, sister. It's I'm just saying. Ahead of something. Not happy quite sure. Pride. Yes. Happy Pride to you. What have you been doing all month? Being really proud. And gay. It's being so gay and proud. Actually, as silly as it sounds, as silly as I'm being, it's true. Um, I'm pretty, pretty happy to be so comfortable in my skin. It wasn't always that way, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, proud to see younger people having uh, different kinds of struggles than we had, right? you know, and seeing younger people kind of uh, setting this trend of being gender conscious and, and uh, attraction conscious and allowing sexuality to be more fluid and stuff. It's kind of a trip, man. It's it kind of a, a trip. trip. And then the, you know, the whole pronoun. Yeah. So it's L, was it L-G-B-T-Q? I-A. I-A. Yeah, I believe so. So the I. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, L-G-B-T-Q, queer, I, um, is that intersex? Inquisitive? I don't know. And A is Allies? I have no idea. Oh my God, you're so old. You're, you're so, so old, old, Kath. Yeah, I know. You're gonna but make it's me real- Google this. Um, right. So LGBTQI refer to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning, intersex, and asexual or allied. Yeah, baby, I did pretty good. If that was so, a quiz, yeah. I would be able to stay in class in the very least. <laughs> <laughs> You won't get your gay card revoked. Oh, my God, my gay card. I forgot. I got to see what the expiration is on that. <laughs> oh, there's so many things to keep in order as a gay person. Well, there like is. the gay card, the gay agenda, the gay shirts. You know what I mean? Right. You, well, you got to get that toaster. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to. I'm sure it's been upgraded no. to like a. Microwave? Toaster oven or something. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about at all, it yeah, was, why don't you, it was it, the... Right uh, after Stonewall. Right after Stonewall. That <laughs> <laughs> was a while ago. Okay, go ahead, tell them. So as the protesters were leaving the police station after the Stonewall protests, they gave yeah, you yeah. a toaster. No, I'm kidding. Toaster um oven. You win. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> this was from uh, the Ellen show, right? That's right. Not, yeah. not the Ellen show as we know it today, but it was. 20 years ago or so. When How she many? Had a sitcom. It was about 21 years ago, I think, when she had a sitcom. It, was that, it wasn't that long ago. Listen, I just saw her on My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman. And she was talking about how it was like 21 years ago. That's crazy. 
I know. That can't be right. Yes. An entire an entire generation of legal drinkers have been born and grown into legal drinkers in the course of time since that event. That's that's just I can't believe it. They're old. Er then twenty one year olds. <laughs> oh my God. So the it was two thousand and one to two thousand and two. What was? The Ellen show. Is that it? So okay, wait. So it aired on ABC from March nineteen ninety four to July nineteen ninety eight for a hundred and nine episodes. Mm-hmm. There were five seasons. And then and then she came out on and one of the episodes. Shut it down. Right. Yeah, but and on she one said- of those episodes, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. The um, Melissa Etheridge, right, was on one yeah. of the episodes. And this was before Ellen came out, I think, or she was like on the brink of coming out. Right. And um, because she decided she was gay, she, Melissa gave her a toaster. Right. It was a toaster oven. Yeah, it was yeah. like you win, like you won the gay. I don't even get it now. <laughs> it made so much sense. It was so funny. It was like, it was like people thought that, like we recruited people or something, and so she was trying to. What was right. she trying to recruit her with a prize or something? Right. right, or something like that. Because Melissa Etheridge had come out already, not too much earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, and so the idea was, you know, that gay people recruited other gay people, and so. Right. As kind of a, a laugh to that, Melissa Etheridge was on the episode and and tried to lure Ellen with a toaster oven. And I might totally be filling in the blanks on that incorrectly, so I would love <laughs> for somebody to to correct us. Like go to the go to your podcast page and you know comment or email us or something. Yeah, at women who sarcast on Instagram, you can definitely leave a comment. Um, yeah. School us back. Yeah, school us. <laughs> but it was a great show. I liked it. It's unfortunate uh-huh. that it um, went away after she came out on the episode. People weren't ready in general. Mm-hmm. And probably mostly people in Hollywood. She said that a lot of people just wouldn't want to, they didn't want to buy advertising. They didn't want to support her show anymore. People right. were afraid. It's a trip, and that's why it's extra amazing to me that uh, we live in a world today where, you know, young people are asking, you know, what's your preferred pronoun, and, like, they're just kind of breaking all the constructs of gender and sexuality, and I think it's kind of deep because, you know, we've tried to make sense of our society by categorizing us into male and female, Mm -hmm. and... Uh, most of the time it makes sense, but it's not everybody's experience to be uh, so absolutely delineated, you know? So right. um, being able to express uh, the gender and the attraction that you're experiencing in the course of your life as it's happening responsibly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Responsibly. I mean, but how do you how do you learn how to handle your sexuality, your attractions, and your gender identity responsibly when you're not allowed to be true to yourself. Right. I mean, the lack of support is, right. hasn't gone away. Yeah. 
necessarily. I think it depends, but yeah, if anything, it seems like it's gotten worse. You think as so? As far as, for lack of a better word, tolerance of people. I think it's gotten a lot less on many levels. What are, are you saying? It's gotten worse or gotten better? I think it's gotten worse. I mean, look at all the transgender deaths in Dallas. And I don't yeah. know if it's because it's in the news more. And that's why I'm seeing it. But, uh, but I think it has a lot to do with the political environment that we're in. Mm-hmm. And the fact that. Politically, they're not supporting gays in the military, transgender in the military. I mean, I think there's definitely those areas where Mm -hmm. people are supported. But in the big scheme of things, I think it's it's not a good... The media certainly uh, creates this, you know, horrific uh, place that we're inhabiting. You know, but if... See, I, I stopped watching the news, like, 10 or 11 years ago, because it just, you know, it's, uh, I feel like the media in general is just, you know, it's sort of, um, I want to make better, I want to make different choices about what I uh, see on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. right? So I try to focus more on what's going on in my direct life. Mm -hmm. And I figure people are like, well, what if there's gonna, what if there's a war? What if there's an earthquake? I'm like, I'll find out when I find out, I guess. (laughs) Right. <laughs> when I start shaking, right? You know, um, yeah. when we s- start looking at all these school shootings or transgender deaths or uh, you know the clubs being shot up or you know all this different stuff, uh, we have this sort of you know part of it. I think is the media wants to bring attention to that which is tragic because tragedy sells, mm-hmm. and part of it is that we're becoming more aware as a society that transgendered people exist. Right. Yep, exactly. You know, they weren't getting, you know, folks weren't getting shot and identified as transgendered maybe 20 years ago, and it wasn't being reported on because people didn't realize that transgender was a real thing in a way that it would be media publicized. Maybe. Mm -hmm. That's a hypothesis. I don't know. Right. Well, I think the more that it gets public exposure, um, definitely contributes to Mm -hmm. the hate crimes and and that sort of thing but um so what are your can you elaborate more on your thoughts about the fluidity and the labels and the pronouns and yeah um well i just i think that um i'm trying to think of how to do this simply because it's not, it's not simple in my mind. Um, but I just feel like if we allow people uh, space to explore their lives and align with their truth, mm-hmm. then we will see the true variety that was created. Uh, all too often, uh, directly or inadvertently, you know, we live in a world that um, wants things to fit in boxes. Right. We want to understand what we're looking at. We want to know what to fear. We want to, uh, you know, and then, and then we're, um, 
we're living in that world. And as somebody who may not fit in those boxes or in those uh, simple categories, you know, I start to not see myself represented and therefore I start thinking that it's bad and then I start feeling ashamed and now I'm not developing or growing in a healthy way anymore because I'm sitting in a dark, in a darkness mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not living, I'm not alive, I'm shame, I'm in shame and I'm hiding, you know? Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we grow and we thrive and we, um, improve through relationship so Mm -hmm. uh you ever heard anybody say show me who your friends are i'll show you who you i'll tell you who you are Mm -hmm. something like that yeah so when we quarantine people who our society doesn't uh represent into bars and uh you know places where there isn't any real way to uh engage outside of uh you know what i'm trying to say like we we sort of we keep like our society has uh especially back in the days of um when we were just talking about 20 some years ago and and before that um stonewall for instance you know people have so few places to go to explore their sexuality when it is different from that which you know we say is normal Mm -hmm. so when you've got something that uh your entire being says you need to explore and there's nowhere that you can safely do that besides a bar or besides you know um places that are using alcohol or using drugs or you know sort of hidden off in the dark um then you're not going to grow very healthy lives. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you have to literally be in a closet your whole life, you're not living. And, but I think that also has to do with the support. I mean, if you don't feel support from your community where you live, Mm -hmm. you're not going to express who you are. That's exactly right. But the thing that I've always been not necessarily bugged about, but I've never liked labels. And, you know, I feel like if I'm just being myself, I don't need to call it anything. I'm just who I am. And so so I, I sometimes get frustrated with all these labels like fluid and, you know, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use. For that particular day and you know I, I feel like people get tripped up with these labels and then they have to be that thing that that they labeled themselves to be absolutely and to me that kind of defeats the purpose of expressing yourself you know well and I think that it's part of the um I feel like you're absolutely right. I feel like there's sort of like bookends of the same kind of development. And what I mean by that is I don't like labels either. The older I get, the less I want to wear labels. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm Jen, leave it alone. That's the label that I wear. I'm Jen, Mm -hmm. right? But uh, when I didn't fit in the world that I saw or that I experienced, finding out that there was a name for the difference that I was helped 
mm-hmm. knowing that there was a group of people who called themselves a certain thing uh, helped. But I also fell into some confusion within the gay community because, um, you know, I wasn't gay enough or I wasn't straight looking or I was too straight looking or I was too gay or I wasn't, you know, it's like I never fit anywhere exactly. None of us do. Right. Right. But then on the other end of that, right, um, all of the labels that kids are using today, I mean, down to the pronouns and all of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I think what it's doing, I think what it's ultimately going to gonna come to, Kath, like you're saying, is it's going to overwhelm the majority of society and be like, I don't even understand it anymore. Okay, fine. What's your name? Right. Like, right. it's just, it's going to make it so ridiculous that people are just going to stop wanting to label. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if we say, okay, we have a car. Awesome. We have a car. What's a car? It's got four wheels. Cool. What does it do? It drives. Cool. I want a car. Oh, do you want a car? Okay. What kind of car do you want? A Ford. Well, what's a Ford? Well, a Ford is a car. Da-da-da-da-da. Well, what kind of car do you want? A Honda. What, what is that? And you start getting all of these cars. And eventually, it's just easier to talk about your car. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, maybe that... I, I think ahead. for me, it's like the, the pronouns is like, like it's just too much for me to handle. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole they, them, for a single person. Mm-hmm. When someone wants to be called they and them, that doesn't make any sense to me. So maybe you can educate me so I understand. I can't educate you about that. I don't understand it either. What I do understand is that you just sounded like our mothers about gay girls. (laughs) Well, I Mm. just don't understand girls liking girls that way. There's boys (laughs) and there's girls and that's the way it's supposed to be. I just don't understand. And we just sound like our parents sounded about us. And And I know it sounds silly. Well, it doesn't sound silly. It just sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And so what I do with that is I say, okay, I know mom didn't understand. I know people like my grand member talking to my grandmother, a bless her heart in her 70s and her 80s, like trying to understand that I was going to be with a girl. And, and I think about how much they didn't understand and how clear I was mm-hmm. and how much sense it made to me. Right. And that I had been at times suicidal and depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm alive and well because I was just allowed to navigate my path. Right. And so that kind of gives me room where I don't want to necessarily, like, I'll say to kids, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm confused by it, but you do you, man. Right. It just kind of allows me to allow others uh, sort of more non judgmental space to sort of navigate right. it, you know? And that I understand. When was your first parade? Did you go to the first Pride Parade? Back Do you in... remember about what year that was? It was in the 80s. So what? probably like eight eighties, late 80s. Because I moved here in 87. Some of our listeners were born in 87. That's okay. They don't, okay. Need, to, they don't need to tell me that. Oh. Um. So it was probably like late 80s, early 90s. <clears throat> yeah, for Don't me it was. Don't laugh at me. Okay. It was like 96 or 94, something like that is the first mm-hmm. one that I went to. San Francisco? 
No, Chicago. Oh, I lived Chicago. in Chicago at the time. All right. How does that yeah. compare to San Francisco? I've only been to two in San Francisco. By the time I moved out to California, I was kind of like, eh, I have to go to a San Francisco Pride Parade because, for crying out loud, it's San Francisco, mm-hmm. right? So I had to go. I had to experience it. And um, the first one that I went to, I was able to find a sideline uh, spot, and it was really great. And the next one, I was going to actually walk with an organization. They invited us to walk with them. And the parade was so huge that we stood there waiting to start walking through the entire duration of the parade and never got into the parade. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We set, we, we stood there for like six hours waiting to start wow. the walk, and it ended before we got into it. Oh, my God. It was madness. Yeah. So it I mean, is we madness. Had a, we had a lot of fun, but... Um, you know, I had, I think I had more fun at the Chicago parades. Number one, I was younger. Number two, I was still drinking. Number Mm -hmm. three, um, you know, it was new and exciting and there were women everywhere and, and there were people, you know, I was still new to sort of express, like it blew my mind that people were holding hands in public, like women couples were, you know, holding hands in public. I was embarrassed by all of the like nakedness and I was Mm. embarrassed by, a lot of the extreme uh, flamboyancy, both on the side of butches and on, you know, like really effeminate men. But I was embarrassed by that because I grew up in the Midwest and those were really extreme for me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I think I was just embarrassed by sexuality in general. It wasn't something that I was, I grew up feeling comfortable around. Right. So I remember feeling a little embarrassed by a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it was just amazing and awesome that um, there were so many of us. There mm-hmm. were so many of us, you know. Yeah. So I would have to say Chicago were my favorite pride parades, probably because of where I was at in my life, though. Yeah. I, I'm just, I don't like the crowds now. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't want to do it. Like, I just don't <laughs> want to do it. I just don't have any desire to do it, yeah. you know? And I've been, I've been, I haven't had a drink in, in 17 years. I just, I just don't want to be around all of the, mm-hmm. I don't, I have no judgment against people who drink or use drugs. I, I really, truly, honest, honestly, like allow, you know, I, I completely allow space for people to do whomever they are, right? Just be you. And uh, just because I don't do drugs and alcohol, I don't judge folks that do. But there is a reality <laughs> that when you get to a certain point of intoxication, the proximity to my face increases. <laughs> the repetition of the same story increases. Your volume increases. Right, right. And I just I don't feel like being patient through that at yeah. that point. I'm just, I'd rather be at home with my feet on the table, you know, <laughs> right? kicked up on the coffee table. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like once you've seen like three or four, you're pretty much done. And the first, probably the first two that I went to in San Francisco was during the AIDS. Um, Oh, wow. So there were just about every contingent flow was about AIDS. So that that was pretty sobering. Hmm. To see that, so, huh? Yeah, but it was pretty cool. I mean, when you're in your twenties, you mm-hmm. don't really care much about stuff. You just go and do it, and it was cool to experience that. But yeah, I was the same way as far as all the people and being able to be affectionate and 
And Matt, really when cool. you're in your 20s and you find somewhere that you can be with a whole bunch of people and have open liquor in the streets. Right. Awesome. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, right? <laughs> Running down the street with an open beer bottle. Right. That's awesome, dude. It's so much fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know what I was going to say earlier. I saw a t-shirt that they were selling online and you're welcome if you sell any as a result of my uh, little thing here, my little mention. Uh, but it's a it's a T-shirt. It has like a rainbow on it in 1969, mm-hmm. and it says <clears throat> it says the first Pride Parade was a riot. Mm. Isn't that cool? cool? Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. So I found it. I'm, I I want to buy one, but I haven't decided if I want V-neck or crew neck <laughs> or. <laughs> it's an important decision. A zip-up sweatshirt or a cardigan or, you know, cardigan. exactly what I want to do. <laughs> a nightgown. So what advice do you have for, actually, they could probably teach us a few things, but the the group of, the generation of gay and lesbian youth coming up the ladder, so to speak. Uh-huh. But, do you have any advice for them as far as coming out or they seem a little bit bolder than us, but yeah, maybe that's just my perception. Well, I think so. Um, I think, I think each generation is a little bolder than the last, <clears throat> especially around uh, certain things. What I would say to kids and to people younger than us who are sort of, uh, exploring themselves and their lives and their sexuality and their gender identity and all of that stuff now is absolutely uh, explore it, right? And also that understand that that does not, um, it doesn't mean that we don't have to uh, be learn maturity, you know, and be responsible. Because whether I choose to be with a man or a woman, whether I choose to identify as uh, straight, gay, bisexual, trans, whatever, I I have to be responsible to relationships that I put myself in. Mm -hmm. There are hearts in the individuals that I'm engaging with sexually, Mm -hmm. and and we want to learn how to be in relationship well, uh, because that is the most important thing, that we learn how to respect each other as humans and that we learn how to... um, respect each other in relationship, right? To allow for vulnerability and growth of each partner. Right. Exactly. Put that in your pipe, but don't smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Don't smoke it. Uh, What's your advice? Um, I think for me, it's uh, just be yourself and don't get caught up in all the labels and the... You know, don't put yourself in a box yeah. because nobody belongs in one because we can be so many things and, you know, don't try not to get tripped up on that because it's, you know, it's the trendy, cool thing to be or, you know, just be who you are. Yeah. And... And, you know, if people out there are getting bullied or harassed because of who they are, then, you know, they need to seek help and and know that it will get better, you know, for people that are in high school and middle school and to seek out those people that support and love them. 
And there's so many now. There's so many organizations supporting folks who are identifying themselves outside of the normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of the normal just means, you know, straight and heteronormal, right? Whatever right. Our society says is normal. It's not. Be- it's becoming abnormal. You know, there's no normal. But I want to say, too, and you, you really said some important things like the Trevor Project mm-hmm. is a really important thing for people to know. If you're struggling with your um, your family or your friends or your uh, fear around your sexuality or whatever, look up the trevorproject.org, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another organization called freedhearts.org, F-R-E-E-D hearts.org. And that is uh, a, a woman and her husband who left the evangelical church to um, start an organization teaching people how to love their gay children when their daughter came out to them and they went to their church peers for support and they told them to leave their daughter Mm. because she was bad and she was sick and they're like, whoa. And so they left the church and they chose their child Mm -hmm. and they've started an organization called freedhearts.org. So that's awesome. Mm. Um, It Gets Better is another fantastic organization. Right. Um, providing hope to young people, knowing that we, like Kath and I, become old gay people, too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we get old. Something to look forward happy, to. You know, but I'm happy today. I, it was a very, very difficult road, right, for, yeah. for a good amount of time. Um, but you're not alone, and you're wonderful, and you, your life has purpose, and, um, and people may not understand you, and that's okay. You know, there's people that you don't understand that you love very much, mm-hmm. and it's okay, right? Yeah. Um, so very exciting. I've got some book signings coming up, uh, and I have a few places that I've put it. There's a um, there's a place in Richmond that helps young people who have been uh, kicked out of their homes. Um, for a, ver- a variety of reasons, one of which tends to be uh, being gay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called RISE, R-Y-S-E, and it's an organization in Richmond, California. And uh, they came and did a training the other day on um, healing trauma in um, like healthcare settings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I learned about how much they're doing for the youth and everything. And I asked them if they'd be interested in taking some of my books and starting groups with them. And so I gifted them four books and they're bringing them back to the library. And the woman contacted me today and she wants to know if I'd be interested um, in coming out and facilitating conversations around my book. Great. I'm just so excited about that. So what's the name of your book? Uh, Soul Not Skin, S-O-U-L-N-O-T, Skin, Soul Not Skin. And it's, uh, it's a, and it's, the audio book is out now. Mm-hmm. I did an audio book version and a Kindle version and a, a print book version so it's all on amazon um, yeah it's all on amazon really do want to get the book out and into the hands of people that the story can help right so even if you're out there and you hear this and and you buy one for an organization or you know something like that or contact me through my website and tell me about who you want to get one to and maybe i can gift one to somebody um i really just want to get the story out there because it seems to be helping people mm-hmm. that's awesome it's pretty, yeah for you. Thanks for that. Yeah. And that's soulnotskin.com. Correct. And you're on Instagram as well. All that stuff. At soulnotskin and mm-hmm. on Facebook. Yep. So go to truth. those 
social media and say hey to Jen. And I'll tell you what, I'll brag on Kath for a minute. Um, Kath uh, and I were talking a few weeks ago and I said that I wanted to make a book trailer for my book. And I said, but then I got to get video and all this stuff. She goes, I do that. I said, what? So she drove like an hour and a half with her camera and her tripod and all this stuff. And I got somebody to help us film like a little girl to be the me that I was in the story at the beginning of the story. And we went to a church and we filmed uh, all this footage and I haven't had a chance to edit it together into like a 30 second like book trailer yet. But I just wanted to give props to Kath Barron who does, uh, you know, women who sarcast, uh, she's multi-talented, super generous with her time and super generous with her creative energy and, uh, and motivating me. I was feeling kind of in a funk and she motivated me to get out and do this creative project. So I just want to give some. Thank you. Thank you very much. Even though it was like 95 degrees. That that is very generous. It was 103. Was it that hot? It really was. Yeah. In the sun. It was. I knew it was a hot one. No, I have fun. I, I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. So, I appreciated it. It was really, really cool. My pleasure. Word. So check us out, um, soulnotskin.com and at Women Who Sarcast. Yeah, check us out. And uh, we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Women Who Sarcast. Show music provided by Mike Imbasiani. You can find him at mikeimbasiani.com. Thank you.